0: Hello and welcome back to Pinch Right Pulse. It's been a while, but the Yankees are back. They go 8-3 and in three, three Prove It series. A's, Rays, J's. Let's talk about it. Welcome back to Pinstripe Pulse. It's been a little while. My name is Liam. I'm joined, as always, by my friend Jake. Jake, how are you doing today, man?
1: Not too shabby, Liam. I think uh, as a Yankees fan, for the first time in a while, you feel a little bit more confident in where things are going. So I don't know. I I didn't have that same anxiety for the first time this week that I've had all season long. Um, I don't know if that's because of the Harrison Bader thing or like, you know, judge returning and all that. I think it's culmination of everything right now but I feel like my mood is like a lot more leveled out than it was in previous weeks. So all in all, I'm feeling pretty zen at the moment. And also phonetically speaking, uh, what was it? A's, Rays, and J's is like a great roll off the tongue. It's amazing. And we didn't
0: dominate, but we we got through it really well. I mean, I think we did what good teams do. Uh, the A's are not a good team, and we'll get into that a little bit. That'll probably be the... The smallest bit of our rundown. The last time you heard from us, we came off of a tough fought race series. And now the Yankees have shown a lot of different fight. You know, there was there were signs of that fight from those previous series with Bader coming back and then Judge coming off the injured list. Um, and I, I think it's coming together where the Yankees are starting to look like a good team and competing with those top end talented teams in the AL East that they have to, like the Rays and the Jays. Um But before we talk about game stuff, do you want to give us uh, some some housekeeping on the Yankees injuries? Uh, Who's back? I guess go back a week. I mean, the last time we spoke to the people,
1: Judge wasn't even on the roster yet. So uh, that's crazy. But um, I mean, we got to start with both Judge and Bader being back. I think that has changed the entire dynamic and feel of this team, obviously. And they both look very, very healthy, which is probably the most important component of winning this season. Um, but from there, you've got good news on Stanton, and then Donaldson had some funky news where they end up with the same return date, most likely, and projected return date, I think, towards the end of May or the beginning of June. Um, Donaldson, I think, cut his finger, you know, playing with his kid in the kitchen or something along those lines. So it doesn't sound like it's a serious injury, but it's kind of one of those like, ones that like, come on, you know, like, what do we do with that? Um, but I'm also not concerned about that at this very moment although it will be interesting to see what moves they decide to make roster wise um because everyone's kind of playing up to par with what they needed to do at the beginning of the season uh so they've got a lot of decisions moving forward from that point onwards that being said we also have to talk about the unfortunate news with uh, Jose trevino being put on the injured list for 10 days with a groin injury um And honestly, I was surprised by it yesterday. I didn't expect that one to pop up. But at the same time, I'm not nearly as afraid as I've been in previous weeks because they have an enigmatic Ben Rortfit is uh, coming back. That was a simultaneous move that was made. He was recalled from AAA. Um, So it looks like we should see him uh, pop up this series, hopefully maybe tonight or tomorrow. They haven't released the uh, lineup yet from what I've seen. But I would love to see just like what he has in store. I think the you know Cincinnati Cincinnati Reds series is like the perfect time to test him out too because it's a lower competition. And while it is in Cincinnati, it just feels like the pressure's off a little bit after winning these big series in a row. So I'm interested to see what comes out of that. And then we also have to talk about Domingo Herman getting suspended for uh 10 games. What is he on? Game number. He's got still nine left or something like that. So that really sucks. So maybe we'll see a corresponding pitching move come up at some point or another. Um, Also, Luis Hill, um, that's a good one. He's actually started resuming his bullpen sessions. So maybe we'll see him at some point late in the summer. Um, Am I missing anyone? or I think that's pretty much everything going on right now. The only thing I can think of is the... Rodon news
0: there I know that's been slow oh, yeah. in the past little time um. but I know that lat- was a last week where his wife tweeted something online where someone was like don't expect to see Rodon for the season and she was basically like bullshit um, yeah. the the rumblings are all star break is is that kind of the most updated news but even that's not official
1: that's not officially yet but I am hopeful because it sounded like they had a corresponding second um, cortisone shot scheduled for last week or this week um early on and it sounds like he didn't need it which means that the inflammation is going down the first shot is working so that's the thing with cortisone shots either they're effective or they're not and it sounds like this one is nipping it in the bud pretty well and if it is something that is chronic then it should be manageable over time um so i'm not all that concerned um at the end of the day i think that we could at the earliest see him mid-june um but i think that Right around the All-Star break is fine. I think that's where they should shoot for. If you can get 100% healthy, Rodon at that point, you do it. And then also we're going to get Sevi back on was it Saturday or Sunday this week? So Sunday. Yep. Yeah. That's huge, especially with the uh, Domingo Herman news. I think that it's important to get a few aces in the uh, the staple. I think it's so funny that Sevi made a stink about the 11 o'clock
0: or 11:30 start time in AAA. And now Mm -hmm. the game he's going to get activated is going to be an 1135 Sunday morning Peacock game against the Cincinnati Reds. And I just think
1: they're building up for it. That's why they gave him the start. That's Eastern time, right? And isn't Cincinnati on Central time or is it on East? It's. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're going to Cincinnati. If it's Central time, then that's 1035, which is. (laughs) I think it's hold
0: on. (laughs) All right. So my Yankees calendar says 1135. So that's giving local time
1: yeah okay so it, it might be 10 1030- 30 wow it might be a ten thirty five start there yeah i've never even been to a college football game that early i've been to 11 a.m sec football games where it is central time and that's that's a lot yeah. <laughs> but that that's just very comical on uh his end for making such a big deal out of it that's funny i think cincinnati might be eastern i
0: think ohio
1: gets eastern time yeah it could be i don't know yeah i don't to have too much uh, business out in the Midwest. So I would not be able to tell you. <laughs> uh, do you want to rip through these series now? Is that all the housekeeping? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm going to need a definitely a refresher for this A series since it does feel like a century ago at this point. <laughs> all right, I have some slight write-ups. I don't want to don't want to go into
0: too much about this A series. I mean, uh, should I play music? No, I'll just I'll run it without music. Maybe we'll find some music if we're doing some uh, series recaps and stuff like this. yeah. All right. Check. I think you got to count me down.
1: Oh, you yeah. want to count down
0: to it? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Yankees, A's, and I all head to the Bronx on Monday night for a three-gamer, and left field was where it was at as our group of knuckleheads were Brent Rooker, heckling Aaron Hicks, and the Yankees said that place looks fun as Friday, Waldo, Glaber, and DJ all hit two-run shots into the left field seats where I was sitting as the Yankees win 7-2 against old friend J.P. Sears. Game two was a super weird one as Jordan Diaz, the young prospect for the A's, hit three home runs, and they did not matter at all. Yankees played five from dinks and dunks in the third inning. Glaber, Homer, Volpe, triple, IKF, extra base hit, We'll hear more about that a little bit later. And the final game was a mean one on a sunny hump day Wednesday afternoon as Bader stays hot with a three-run shot in the first inning. And Volpe has a mean grand slam for two reasons. One, because it ran up the score, and two, because it was the first home run that I have not seen live from Anthony Volpe. That made me a little bit sad, but the Yankees do what good clubs and better exterminators do – by cleaning out the cellar dwellers of the AL.
1: Damn. (laughs) (laughs) had to do them dirty like that. I mean, they did themselves dirty, so can't fault you there. (laughs) This
0: is the worst major league team I've seen. And I've seen a lot from just going as a kid, the cheapest games you go to like, Low side, like Washington Nationals against the Mets, Baltimore Orioles against the Yankees, like a lot of those really bad teams.
1: I think this was the worst team I've seen. And it's sad too, because not too long ago, like we faced them in 2018 in the wild card. Yeah. That was a pretty damn good team. And it did feel like a nervous environment to be in because, like, the Coliseum when packed is very intimidating. um And they've had some fantastic players throughout the year, but it's a shame that they operate the way that they do. They've shed pretty much all of their significant payroll. So, like, what do you expect to happen when you have a team that's full of a bunch of essentially AAA and AA players? You've got some talent on there. Like, Brent Rooker looks fantastic. I think he's a guy that is going to inevitably be traded at some point, if, unless they somehow decide to, you know, pull a Brian Reynolds with him and, you know, extend him at some point or another. Can I talk but, about him quick? Please. Yeah. Go by. He, I'll all he's means. the nicest guy. Um, really?
0: I was in like the third row in left field, like the Waldo, Glaber and DJ homers were all like Waldo was to our right and DJ and Glaber went right to our left, like the, all the homers were around us. So we were right behind Rooker where he was playing the whole game uh, from the first inning. He was having a catch with like five different kids. Like that was warm up for the inning in the first row. Um, You know, we were all facetiously being like, Hey, come to the Yankees. You're great. You can come in for Hicks, talk to Billy Bean. Um, and then we started shitting on like, uh, how we have running water and the A's don't, uh, but he was the nicest man. He was chatting it up with us. Whenever we'd said something funny, he turned around and he'd like tip his cap, uh, super awesome guy. So I wish the best for him to not be in Oakland seriously. Cause like you said, he, he seemed like a, a nice up and comer and a good trade piece for them, which is all they
1: really value their players as being at this point, just assets, not winners. Dude. I mean, imagine him in this lineup, like after the all-star break that would be unironically yeah really dangerous i mean this is a guy that could potentially end top five in ML, mvp voting but if he stays in oakland that's not going to really go anywhere because he has zero support so he's kind of carrying the weight himself and they do have a few other talented players langleyers is really cool um mason miller is going to be a stud although i know that he's dealing with some forearm tightness right now which is very unfortunate because stuff-wise, he's up there with Spencer Strider and Jacob Degrom, but this team really is, uh, like you said, at the bottom of the barrel or basement dwellers in the sense that, like, there really is no significant signs of improvement. Like they clearly have been tanking for a while to try to get to Las Vegas, which mission accomplished. Good for you, but at the same time, you've probably lost in theory. More than- yeah, <laughs> you've they lost. Haven't signed yet. They have issues. It's crazy. But um, yeah, I think this was a series that the Yankees ultimately needed because they were in quite a rough patch before that. And they were playing some really tough teams and losing with the injured players, you know, stacking up. And this was just one to kind of, you know, use as a factory reset button. And they did exactly what they needed to do. And it's the first time all season that they actually got the series sweep. And it's crazy to say that because they went longer than any other team without losing a series. And they never actually won a series with conviction up until that point. So I think we saw the tides turn quickly, especially with the Bader and Judge returns.
0: Yeah, and the Yankees did what you have to do against the A's. One, by sweeping them. Two, by sweeping them and getting by with some of your bottom players, maybe getting some hits and getting through your relievers. Like I think the Yankees won a game, I'd have to look at it, but it was like... Clark or it was Brito to like a Bragu to Weissert, you know. I think Clay got in that game, but they used three of their Nick Martinez pitched in the game, like in that same game. So the Yankees were able to string through together like their lower end talent. I mean, Hicks, I didn't even mention him in game one that I was at, but he hit the shit out of a ball, like a laser to right field. Um that we just hadn't seen. And I think um Hicks has kind of used. That as maybe as a starting point, you know, he's not going to tear the cover off the ball. But now he's not automatic outs in the lineup now. And we'll see that in the Rays and the J series that we go over. Um, same thing with Volpe getting a power stroke. I mean, just alleviating some of these arms as we went through an 11 game stretch without any off days. I think that was um, a big deal for the Yankees to win all of each of these games convincingly. Uh, the only one that was close was game one for about four innings. So Sears and Nestor were both going shutout. And then the Yankees were able to turn the tides quickly because the A's have no depth. Um, They really have no known names coming into this year. And now I know Langoliers, who's been pretty solid behind the plate. Uh, Rooker has crazy numbers out of nowhere this year. I mean, he is at a 300 batting average with a 186 OPS plus. Um, You know, you mentioned MVP votes. I don't think there's a chance because the team is so bad, but he has a 1.7 war through a month and a half. and, And that's pretty high. Like at this rate, he's putting up a six to seven war season um, on a bad team. And this is a guy who lifetime has an OPS plus of under 100 before this year. And he's at 120, including this year who, with a 190 OPS. So.
1: so I've watched a lot of his film of late and it turns out he's one of the uh, students of teacher man and teacher man's the same guy that worked. Oh. Judge. So he's all about snapping the barrel in place early on before like he actually gets to the point of contact. So, like rather than snapping the barrel out in front, he's snapping the barrel back and he's traveling through the zone a lot longer. Um, so if you watch a lot of like play-by-play slow motion, reminds me a lot of a righty Matt Olson, which kind of checks out because they came from the same organization. Um I think that this dude has a very, very strong MLB career. He's only going to get better. It's just a matter of which team he ends up with at the end of the day. But, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if more... We see a few more, like Seth Brown's also another one of those guys on talented. So they're going to pump out players like this, but their talent's ultimately going to get wasted being on a lineup that's constructed the way that it is. He's super interesting contract-wise because he's pre-ARB
0: right now, and but he's 28 years old because he went to college... Um, and He was a, a late first round pick coming out of Mississippi State, but he was a three or four year guy. Um, and then it took him a little while to really get going to find his footing uh, in the major leagues. Um, but he's 28. I mean, he's approaching. Yeah, well, this year he's on his pre-arb deal of 725 k So are the A's looking as like, all right, you're a piece for the future when we intend to get good towards the end of his arbitration? Or do they shift him for some top prospects now while a team's in win mode. I mean, at, at this production, you know, him being a left field DH um, is a pretty solid option for many teams. So I don't know, also, or do they keep him on an ARB deal because he's giving them such production at low value? Like how, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to get inside the mind of a team that's just trying to cut costs.
1: Yeah, either way, I think they can get a significant prospect return out of him. It just depends on if they want to pull the trigger or not. Um, and one more thing about his numbers, you said he has a 1.7 war. Just to put that into his perspective, we love Brian Reynolds. We were big fans of him all offseason. We wanted the Yankees to get him up until he signed his contract extension. His total war last season was 2.9. <laughs> so the fact that he's only 1.2 off of that number right now and it's not even June – like the dude might end up with a five, six war easy, and that's a superstar. So that's someone that a lot of teams are going to be interested in.
0: Anything else on these A's? I was uninterested by the series. I was happy with what the Yankees did, and you have to give them credit, Um, but I didn't think much of it isolated in its context, and I think um, it's become something with these following series.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we need to get into the Rays series cuz this is one of the most interesting uh you have maybe two of the best games and like two of the most frustratingly tragic yet also optimistic games that we've seen in a long time. So, I don't I think we should just run right into that. I got a nice recap for this one. Four gamer some wild
0: wild games. Do you want the countdown? Give me the countdown. All right. 3 Two, one. Like my sunscreen on a vacation, the Yankees get a second chance to beat the Rays as Tampa comes in for a tense four gamer. But game one was not quite how anyone drew it up as Rasmussen goes seven shutty but hits the 60 day IL right after the game. Yankees get two hits through eight innings and tack on two in the ninth. Boring as the Yankees host Star Wars Day on a Jedi Friday night in the Bronx with an electric crowd. And it's a coal world until Garrett gets clipped by Sith Lord Randy for a solo shot in the first. But he's immediately avenged by Mando Tony Rizzo on his Mandalorian bobblehead night. Where's the box? There's the box. Go, Mando. (laughs) But evil droid Siri rocks coal again for another Han Solo shot as Garrett's Tampa struggles continue But he holds the empire back until Padawan Volpe ties it up with a homer. And he comes back again with his Padawan partner, Waldo, for two RBI singles to put the Yankees ahead. Until Josh Lowe strikes back again to put the Rays ahead late. But Mando Rizzo comes back and says, this is the way for his second homer on bobblehead night, and the Yankees win 6-5 for the best win of the year until the very next day when the Yankees go down 6 on a Yandy Diaz grand slam from Nestor Cortez. But the prides of the Yankees farm answer right back as Higgy and Judge two two run shots that cut it to six to four and the Yankees put up a five spot in the sixth from another judge bomb to take the lead seven six and Waldo comes back again to plate two on a single the Rays fight back to make it nine eight and battle off of Wandy in a 35 pitch ninth inning but it's not enough as the Yankees are the comeback kings again on a Saturday in the Bronx the decide to take the lead for once in this game as Waldo and Rizzo stay hot with homers of their own in game four, but it bites them to go ahead as the Rays put up a crooked five, including a wall scraping grand slam from walls in the fifth. The new look fighting Yankees put up another fight as judge RBI, Volpe homers late cut it to one, but the Rays bullpen finally finishes the job. The Yankees and Rays split a fun four gamer in the Bronx.
1: That was inspirational. (laughs) (laughs) He thinks the Yankees are pretty good right now. Um, Especially Anthony Rizzo, man. Holy shit. Like his bat has looked rejuvenated since the uh, shift has disappeared. Um, This is the best version of Anthony Rizzo we've seen as a Yankee by far. And the fact that you had him and Judge clicking on cylinders, on all cylinders throughout this series, um, I think that's why you end up securing two wins out of the four. And the comebackers like that's how you re rejuvenate a fan base, right? Like we haven't seen the Yankees come back from that kind of deficit all season up until that point. So there's a lot to build on here, but where do you want to start?
0: This was a fun series. I mean, um game one, I don't have much to say. It was like a bit of a Pyrrhic victory for the Rays, and that Rasmussen shuts us down, but he he goes out most of the year now he's at least on a 60-day stint and where does that bring him back for the playoffs um i think the raise that win was their costliest win of the year their costliest game of the year probably because that they're now really thin on starting pitching and relying on right now at the high end glass now mcclanahan are also injury plagued super talented pitchers um but they ended up going openers on to, or at least on Friday, they went opener. And their bullpen has looked really shallow because a lot of their guys are getting hurt because they've abused their bullpen for a while. So uh, talking all over the place now, but game one, I mean, this whole series, I think is a preview for what the rest of the year is going to look like um, because the Yankees have resilience, resiliency now. And, you know, Judge didn't have a good game on the Friday night comeback when Rizzo hit the two homers. Um, but I think... His intangible is as much valuable as his tangible and the way he's able to work walks in his mindset. I mean, him just coming up when they're down six and hitting, coming up with two homers. Like, I think that's judge being around and his kind of no nonsense attitude. Um, he never goes too high or too low. That helps that team's fight and their spirit. Um, I think the spirit of this team is really gone before Bader and Judge came back and we were getting beat up. Um, And I think they show that they have the talent to compete and beat the Rays. Uh, The Yankees have talent that is right there with the Rays and their payroll is definitely way above it. Um, So I think that this show that the Yankees, at least from now on, can be the best team in the AL East. And right now it's a fight of getting to the Rays from there. And I think the Yankees can be the better team from here on out and the Rays start might propel them to still win the East, but I don't know. I think this was a turn of the tides from turn of the tides from the Rays being this untouchable top team in the league to really the Yankees showing what they have
1: and how good they can be. I mean, so many guys have started stepping up of late where people simply weren't performing early on in the season. And then you have guys like Aaron Hicks has, done a full 180 at this point where he was playing his worst baseball in his career. Now he's arguably playing his best baseball in his career. And it's a smaller sample size for sure. But there was definitely a certain feeling of just, all right, we're here and we're here to stay. Um, Even though there were still plenty of injuries that, you know, were plaguing this team, they were still able to keep these, even the two losses very, very in arm's reach. And if you asked us that three weeks ago, if that was going to be the same case, we would say, hell no. Uh, we saw what happened when they were down 4-1, 5-1 earlier in the season. It felt insurmountable. Now it feels like they have any given chance or any at any given chance they can come back and win these games. And that's huge. And I think that Bader is proving that he is a true playoff baseball player. He shines the most in the spotlight. He shines the most when he's playing against better competition. And yes, this race team is really, really good. They are probably not as good as what their record indicates. I think that they're going to still be a 90 plus win team ultimately. And they've gotten worse. with the. NBA. They've gotten significantly worse. And also the Yankees have seen their pitching so much at this point, because like you said, they've exhausted their bullpen. The more you see those pitchers, the more accustomed you're going to be to seeing their arsenals. So... <laughs> If the Yankees can get the starter out of the game by the fourth inning, fifth inning, consistently, this is going to be a very difficult end of the road for the uh, Rays down the stretch, and the Yankees are only going to get better by getting their reinforcements. Like when we get Sevy back and when we get Redon back, the next time we see the Rays is what, like later in the summer. So they won't have even seen Rodon as a Yankee yet. They won't have seen a healthy Sevi, So, Or
0: have they even ever, I guess, when Rodon played for the White Sox, they would have seen him. But
1: Yeah, and that was still in 2021. Yeah. So it, it's been a, a bit of time, and you have to assume that he's working diligently right now to even retool a little bit and make sure that his arsenal is not, not, not just his body, but his arsenal as well, is going to be well-equipped to face the AL East because all of these teams are a challenge right now. I'd say I'm honestly more concerned about facing the Red Sox than I am the Rays at this very moment because the yep. Yankees have already proven them. And the Orioles, exactly. So there are more teams out there that I'm concerned about. And the fact that what they did in this most previous series or most recent series against the Blue Jays, they can hold their own against these juggernauts in the AL East. And you can't say that for a lot of teams in the MLB like this Yankees team, despite all of their injuries, despite some mismanagement in the bullpen recent or not recently, recently, but within the last month or so, they're still clearly able to hold their own and go up against any team in MLB right now. And I'd say they're in a better spot even than the Astros. So.
0: Gotta like where we're at. I want to transition from things I like to things I don't like. Um, yeah. The Yankees in the seven games that we've gone over, run scored 7, 10, 11, 2. That's a fine lull. Six, nine, seven. That's awesome. That is something that was lacking in our previous episodes, something that we were really concerned about that I think has really changed now. This lineup seems pretty complete, and we still have two significant bats, um, Stanton. And no matter what you consider of Donaldson, when you look at Bowers, Calhoun, those options, um, depending on who we're playing at DH and how that looks, um, that's still a big bat that's missing and can deepen our bench at the very least. What I don't like this race series runs given up, and I, I want to transition this into talking about Cole and Nestor. Um, and I know that Cole has both of them have good comeback outings in, uh, in the Blue Jays series, but we gave up eight, five, eight, and eight. Uh, in those games against the Rays. um, Cole had a decent outing on Friday. He gave up those two home runs, which we don't like that we're seeing the home runs, but both of them solo shots. Uh, but Nestor got lit up on Sunday, and that was the grand slam to Yandi and it all kind of happened really quick. He could have gotten out of it, and then it would have been one run, and the, obviously the grand slam makes it the crooked number. Um, oh, that was on Saturday, rather, and we ended up winning that game. Uh, what do you what do you think of Cole and Nestor of of recent kind of falling off form
1: i think that cole what made him so dynamite early on is that he was challenging guys with his fastball but he also wasn't missing middle middle um he was really like killing the top of the zone like right above the hands which if you can live there you're going to get swing and misses especially with that kind of velocity like even in cole's last start even though they lost the game like you said it was a bounce back win His velo was up to 99, 98 in the first uh, inning, which is what you want to see out of Cole. The problem is, like a lot of the time recently, he's been challenging guys middle, middle, which is what he did last season. So he's missing in the middle quadrants of the zone, leaving the ball, you know, right at the hip high, right at the waist high uh, strike. And that is going to get hit hard by professional hitters, plain and simple. That could be the nine hitter. That could be the one hitter. Um, he tends to make those mistakes to the bottom of the lineup because he feels like he can challenge them just to blow the ball past him and not have to worry about, you know, pitching to con- like soft contact and things like that. Um, so I think you see Cole just making a few mistakes over the plate a little bit too much, but I'm not concerned about it personally because I do believe that's something that he can quickly self-correct. Um, and he didn't give up a run to his credit in his most recent start. That being said, Nestor is a little bit if you just because it seems like he's having issues with what the third time through the lineup, I want to say third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that typically tells me there's something that has to do with his secondary stuff. Or maybe he's getting a little bit too gassed with his fastball early on because his fastball has been ticking up to about 94 in the first inning. So that's pretty good for Nestor. Um, however, it doesn't seem like he has the same sharpness on his like slider slash sweep or whatever he throws, he's just kind of missing with it. Um, and it's a little bit flatter this season. And I think that is ultimately the difference maker because he's not feeling like he can maybe challenge quite as much with his fastball up and in against, I want to say, you know, lefties and then up and away against righties. It just doesn't seem like he has the confidence to spot those pitches right now. Um, so they just need to get to the bottom if, like, maybe, like, I know talking yanks alluded to potentially being a pitch clock scenario where he's still like adjusting and maybe he's, you know, not feeling like he's prepared to throw a certain pitch or throw to a certain point. He just, his fit, like physically, his stamina is not there yet. Maybe that could be the case. Like he did have strep throat. Who knows if he still has his full stamina back. I don't know if that's necessarily it. I not think Nestor will tell you he just simply has to pitch better and that's probably what it has to come down to. But as long as this isn't an injury situation, I think he should be able to get back on track. I trust him to be resourceful because that's the kind of pitcher he is. He's not a guy that just relies on 99 up in the zone. Um so while I am concerned because he is as of this moment the number two in the line of the rotation, I still think that he can turn it around relatively quickly. And what's the good thing taking the pressure off of these pitchers, which I think
0: was an issue earlier in the season, is that you know, we're talking about these Cole and Nestor starts. Those are the two starting pitchers of the games that we won in the race series. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side of Nestor getting shelled, we shelled Shane McClanahan in that same game. So uh, especially we'll, we'll get into this J series, which I think is there's a lot to talk about with this J series, but Nestor had a comeback start. I think the opportunity for the starters to be able to have bad games uh, which is the first time that we've seen it this year for Cole to be able to have a bad game and the Yankees to still win, um, you know, to not have their best stuff and to be like, okay, I can refine that, but I don't need to be perfect. I can come back and have a start that's a bit better and get back to the margins. And uh, I think we saw that um, really come through. I mean, Cole, you have to respect it. Cause even though we're talking about a bad start for Cole, which was five innings, two runs, and that's he only went five because he had like 40 pitches through two. Um, and that's, you know, not only did he give up those two solo homers, but he grinded through those first two innings and it was just misses to Randy who Randy's a freak and he had his barrel um, somewhere you just, you're not trying to miss the middle of the zone, you're trying to miss Randy's zone and then the, the home run to Siri was middle middle, um, you know, like you said, but to grind back for three like shut down innings to, to get through five innings, that's what set the Yankees up for a winning scenario there. Um, even despite the low home late. So I don't know. This is awesome fight from the Yankees. I know we shouldn't feel this happy in general about a 2-2 split with the Rays, but given where the Yankees have been and where the Rays have been, I'm super content. And I, I think part of that happiness comes of on what we did to the Jays in the next series. Oh, yes. This was a fun one. <laughs> All right. And now getting into this chippy, interesting, awesome kind of J series. Uh, Yankees Blue Jays in the six. um, and I'm not gonna go big rip for the whole series here, but we'll go game by game because there's a lot to unpack and a bit of a story we have to tell, um because as much as what happened uh outside the lines, I guess it was still on the field uh was important to this game as what was inside those lines. And we start with game one. uh game one was a Yankees classic. Cordero to Johnny Brito piggyback Start uh, and It helped that the Yankees put up a nice Number in the first I mean judge hits His first bomb home run Of the series more about that later Backed up by Willie Calhoun the Yankees go up a quick three runs in the first um, Follow that up again With two runs in The fifth and that came uh, How did That come or that in the sixth, two runs In the sixth from a Rizzo double uh, so Yankees go up five early. Uh, this is where uh, I think Judge hits the homer, or that was in the fourth inning. Judge hits the home run in the sixth or in the seventh, and eighth uh, in. in the eighth inning. Oh, okay, so that came in the eighth inning to put the Yankees up seven to nothing. Um, and what's notable about this home run, if you haven't seen this, which I think everyone around baseball has, has heard this so far, um, and a quick recap uh Aaron Judge was up to bat and the Blue Jays broadcast caught him when at the plate peeking to his right putting his eyes all the way to the right uh to be looking in the direction of the Yankees dugout and also uh, the Yankees first base coach um and as they're pointing this out he does this a few times in the S bat in the at bat um he takes a Hanging slider that doesn't slide middle-middle from Jay Jackson, who is now a Buffalo Blue Jay, into deep center field. Uh, as the Blue Jays are talking about it, uh, that creates a whole stir after the game, the implications uh, that that has from Judge looking over. Yankees go up 7 nothing. Blue Jays put up four in the bottom of the eighth, make uh, make it look close in the box score, closer than it really felt for this whole game. Um, but the game was not the conversation after the game. Uh, do you wanna take us through some of those uh some of that chatter and what was being talked <laughs> about, what was real, what was all BS?
1: The Blue Jays are the single most paranoid baseball team I've ever seen. And this comes after the Astros cheating scandal and all that. Plenty of science stealing tobaccos have, you know, been brought to light throughout the years, but (laughs) this team is just, I think that they're grasping at straws and finding any way to silence Aaron judge at this point. Um, He was clearly on pitches that were being tipped from the jump. If he was looking somewhere, it would have been legal because how much time does he have to actually look someone in the crowd? So it was something on the field, which means that either someone in the dugout or some first base coach had the signs which means that they were just projecting them poorly, the catchers putting down the fingers and numbers or whatever. They're seeing something that gives Aaron judge and the batters any kind of advantage. That's gamesmanship. That's completely, that's completely legal. So I don't know what their deal was there. Um, it, they made a much do out of about, about nothing, essentially. Like none of this was necessary. It just brought headaches more than anything. And I think it also awoke the, the uh, beast within judge. Like you don't want to piss off Aaron Judge, but man, did they piss him off with their accusations after the game saying that he was, you know, pretty much looking at signs being stolen. When Judge claims that it was actually him keeping an eye on teammates that were like chirping back at the umpire um, about, you know, bad calls or something along those lines, which I believe a lot because there was a lot of chatter because of the strike zone throughout that game. And with Judge being a captain, now he has the place where he can actually step in and, you know, make his presence known in the clubhouse, be like, hey, let's tone it down a little bit. It looked like if you watched it again, he is giving a bit of a death glare, (laughs) like Barry's like subtly. But at the same time, he's trying to, you know, invoke a little bit of, hey, I'm trying to fucking concentrate right here into his teammates. Um, It doesn't look like he's trying to pick up any signs or anything like that. But like I said, even if he was. And even if the Yankees did have something on the Blue Jays, it would have been legal because it's happening in real time on the road. They don't have technology being used. So like, what's the issue here? Nothing. <laughs> it's all nothing.
0: It was such a funny response from Judge, uh, and I respect it for him. Have a spin about him being captain. He was like, Oh, my guys were chirping. I didn't want them to chirp. I don't think that's true, but that's an awesome spin because the Yankees, like, that's not him trying to deny wrongdoing. That's the Yankees trying to not give one of their biggest rivals with three games left to play anything away that they have a tip. The Yankees are not going to tell you, even if it's to get out of wrongdoing, because there is no wrongdoing. It's really silly to think about the Yankees doing anything wrong in this situation. The Yankees are not going to give away that they have a tip because it could be catcher. It could be a bench coach calling a game, which probably isn't happening at the major league level. Um, Or it could be the pitcher and Jay Jackson, who's now in the minor leagues came out and said, I know I was tipping. Like, let's get over this. I'm yeah. in the minor leagues because I was throwing bad pitches it's and telegram. I was tipping. Yeah, That's it no. he was telegraphing. So as people who maybe didn't grow up playing baseball or playing baseball at a highly competitive level or uh, aren't as in tune with what happens with baseball, I understand the confusion because there's been a lot of confusion with what sign stealing means um, and what sign stealing is bad. So in short, not all st- sign stealing is bad, is illegal. Um, and the reason there was an issue for the Astros sign ceiling is because it was a... Live technology-assisted methodology that happened at home games. So what the the Astros did that was wrong was that in live time, they took a view of a camera, which is not a player or participant on the field. A live view from a camera that was in center field that can get views of the game um, that a coach or a player are not allowed to get. They had a live feed going into their dugout and then someone on the dugout communicated those signs. So the, the problem with what the Astros did was not getting those signs or not relaying those signs. It was not the fact yeah. that they did it, but how they got them. Yeah. So yeah. what major leaguers do, and a lot of major leaguers will tell you this, and even I did this at high school level, at certain travel ball levels. Heck, I even try to do it in our men's league levels if there's a pitcher that throws multiple pitches and there's a call from the bench or there's a catcher set up or something. Um, If you're on the bench, your job, if you're not playing in the game, is to try and mine any information that can be helpful. And what the Yankees found, someone on the Yankees bench, I think, um, whether that be a coach or a player, found something that a player was doing in plain sight that a player or a pitcher could see that was giving away the pitch. That might have been harder to see at the plate when you're trying to focus on different things. So um, what could have happened is that the Yankees put out like a helmet or a bat on the dugout bench, or something to show judge that a slider was coming. Now, in this instance, Jay Jackson threw slick, six sliders in a row, and hung one that spun. And Aaron Judge hits that ball as a home run, six or seven out of ten times, honestly, um, without knowing the sign. It was the, the fact that he hit a five hundred feet helped, I'm sure, with the sign. Um, but that's all fair game. That's part of gamesmanship because that is information that is readily available on the field at your own risk. That's why um, fielders and stuff like the pitch comp technology now because runners on the bases were picking up finger signs, picking up body signs. Um, but when you're looking on the field at your own risk, like it's all what's available. I, uh, I spoke to my work colleagues about this for about 20 minutes on a Tuesday morning in our morning meeting, because all they heard was headline Aaron Judge cheating question mark. Uh, Which is
1: stupid, man. Yeah,
0: stupid. So what I compared it to is imagine you're at a poker table um, and this is high level poker. When you're playing with your friends and someone's bleeding cards. okay, yeah, you're not going to look or you're going to tell them to put it away. But when you're competing for real money, pro poker players are going to know to conceal their cards. You're not allowed to go peek over shoulders. But if someone shows their cards and you can look like this and see what they have, that's fair game. What's not fair game is if Aaron Judge looked into the catcher's hand or if you had a camera over the shoulder of someone to see their cards, yeah. you know, like that's where it, it goes beyond the sport of gamesmanship. But when someone has a duty to communicate, has important information, it's their duty on the field to within the lines of the game to conceal that information, because otherwise pitchers should call their game and they have the pitch com, you know, like anything that's giving it away. And, and I think Jay Jackson just had a tip, not on what was being called, but on what he was throwing with his glove flaring. Um, yeah. but that's the standard tip for off-speed pitches. So that's what it is. It, it's a whole lot of nothing. And obviously we're Yankees biased, but this is what happens. And this is how we would defend any team. Like a lot of teams have had tips that have come up this year. And I think that's awesome gamesmanship. Like the Astros crossed the line because they used illegal technology that was explicitly or they they said it wasn't explicitly but that is definitely illegal. They,
1: have, they put a camera in center field and then had a fucking TV monitor in the like clubhouse. Like that yes. is so illegal. Mm-hmm. I mean the Yankees are just using eye test and if you can use your eyes to figure something out then you should absolutely be doing that. Um so it, it's just abs- like absurd and then on top of that they have the whole debacle with the third base coaches, you know. <laughs> um like the Blue Jays called out Luis Rojas for not being in the uh, third base box and which managers or which uh, first base and third base coaches are actually in there throughout the entirety of a game. Barely any in every baseball game ever. Um, So that's just a whole new level of paranoia on top of that. And then I loved the way that Boone tripped back at them in game two, where he was like, Hey, where the fuck is your guy in the box right now? Like get, get back in there. Um, you can't have it both ways if you're going to critique one team the opposing team about you know being in you know abiding by a stupid rule that no one really follows you better be fucking abiding by that rule in the first place and you better buck like double down on it and make sure that you're in the box or else you look like an idiot and i kind of like even though we're yankees fans i feel like that was an objectively an idiotic move
0: this game too was wild because I, I understand the Jays being paranoid if they think that the Yankees coaches are going out and getting an explicit advantage. But if you look at um in soccer, they uh in soccer they put out maps after games of players positioning where it basically takes the mean position of every place they were on the field. So obviously you're gonna go up and down down the field, but like where your base position was, and they use it sometimes to show teams that have really good Formations and then like everyone kind of just runs all over the place like a four-year-old soccer game. Um, If you were to mine the average location of third base and first base coaches in all of baseball, it would be exactly where Luis Rojas was standing. It would be exactly where both Toronto base coaches were standing because they don't want to get murdered by 115 mile an hour line drives coming at minimum 45-year-old men from 70 feet away at third base like you and and these guys have to look at pitchers they have to look at fielders they're not always looking straight at the hitter and having helmets is a new phenomenon like so no one was doing anything wrong it it was a i I don't like john schneider i mean i don't like the blue jays obviously we're super biased in, in that sense but they don't give us any reason to they've been such immature assholes i mean there's there's debate on whether John Schneider was chirping at the Yankees bench and saying, shut up fat boy or shut up frat boy. I'm pretty sure it was confirmed fat boy. Confirmed be, fat boy. Yeah. Frat boy is like kind of funny and still super immature. Yeah. Fat boy is like unacceptable from like a 50 year old man.
1: That's offensive. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And it's like,
0: <laughs> how like li- literally I, w- I would go, and I find myself saying this way too much for a 23 year old, but being like, how old are you? Like what? It's this isn't the sixth grade playground. I don't know. It's it's wild. And also, going to these Yankees coaches, all of them who are in like awesome athletic shape, especially for older adult men, it's like, what do you John Schneider like, pot and kettle, you know, like not, yeah. not to body shame anybody, but like, who want to freaking talk? Yeah, what leg do you have to, to stand on here? Like, why you're talking about baseball coaches that are notoriously
1: kind yeah, of just like slobs in these massive jerseys. You don't see don't them know. insulting Alec Manoa every game that they play him because yeah. of his size. They insult because him. Alec Manoa
0: is an awesome, an awesome athlete, and is generally, exactly. expe- except for this year, really good at what he does. So it doesn't matter what his body fucking looks like. I don't know. Ultimately, I don't understand how a leader of men can stoop to that level. Like it's, it's such a childish, childish yeah. game.
1: A hundred percent. And then I guess that leads into uh, Domingo Hermann. <laughs> well, that didn't help With the our sticky case. stuff. Yeah. So Herman goes three. Uh,
0: Three perfect yeah, in this that... game too and the Yankees rallied to get a bunch of runs off of Gossman like that was a really good inning Gossman looked really good so the Yankees go up 3-0 and then Domingo against the same umpiring crew that I, I'm hot now but I'm I'm really hot with Domingo I'm going to rip on Domingo for a oh, bit yeah. against the same umpiring crew that he had an issue with last time that he was lucky to get away with we defended him a little bit because there might be language stuff there could be him misinterpreting he goes against the same umpiring crew that gave him an issue the last time he got in trouble for sticky stuff and stayed in. And he went out from the dugout, and I know the umpires are just saying this because they said it for Ralph Scherzer and about Domingo. had the stickiest hands I've ever felt um, yeah. going out. Immediate ejection. But it's like, Domingo no has better. to be the stupidest Yankee in a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's this... it's. One with Domingo, I've been hot on Domingo a bunch of times, not for his on-field play. I think he honestly is doing pretty well this year. Domingo abuses his wife at a Yankees event in front of teammates. Later that year, whines about how he's like sad and be like, oh, I'm going to fucking retire from baseball. Oh, poor you. You're suspended for abusing your wife. Then he comes back to the team. Gets a chance because of all these injuries to be like a locked in starter. Like Domingo, like Domingo is the third option to go off the rotation from injuries. And over the off season, we would have said that he's gone, right? Mm -hmm. Locked in gets this chance is using substances that if you look at the metrics have no impact on his velocity or spin rate. So there's no measurable performance improvement other than his own comfort gets in trouble by an umpiring crew. Is lucky to go back out. Pushes the line in that game. Knows the same umpire and crew is coming out, and makes the same mistake. Does after the same thing. Yep. They warned him twice. Mm-hmm. They warned him twice, and they know you know he's going to check after the third. How many? Like how many times can Domingo fuck up? Be given other opportunities, and screw the Yankees over by doing something immeasurably stupid the first thing that he did was immeasurably cruel and it was stupid because he was the damn best pitcher for the Yankees not that that mattered at all in the domestic violence case but he yeah. fucked over the Yankees by getting suspended and being an a crucial pitch in September and being a crucial pitcher for the 2019 playoff run we lost him that would have made a huge difference in 2019 now we're really shallow on starting pitching he gets suspended for 10 games and now it's going to cost another reliever an option or a job at the bottom end of, of of the relieving because we lose a roster spot with him being out, but we can't use him. So Seve has to come in and take those starts. That's okay. But someone, a teammate of yours, a teammate that probably already fucking hates you because you're not a good guy, is is going to lose out because of that.
1: I, it's at everyone else's expense.
0: And it, it, it's like immeasurably selfish i know a lot of people have been like whatever with herman i i don't know it, it seems like a pattern of behavior that is just like stupid with no with no gain
1: for anybody not even well, he for him shown, like, yeah. that's what he hasn't shown me. any like growth and maturity since everything yeah. went down in 2019 and that's the biggest issue there he's been given countless opportunities with the yankees to re-establish himself and get back in good graces with everyone and he just fails to do it consistently. Um, so eventually you have to cut ties. And I think that they're he's giving them a pretty good reason to do it now. It just sucks because like we like you alluded to earlier. Now. Exactly. <laughs> and he's been our second or third, probably our second best pitcher second this best. entire time. And that really is a bummer. Cause it was something that was so easily preventable. So
0: it's they just have so a lot dumb. Of decisions
1: like, to make. Boone and
0: Judge were even to the point that they would, they were they delved a little bit into the petty shit that happened with the Blue Jays in this game, too, and they talked about it. But neither of them even said a sentence to defend their teammate. And that's like that's what Aaron Boone does, like defends yeah. his players. And that's what a captain, like Aaron judge as a captain is there for. He'll be like, I always back my guy. You know, maybe I talk to him. you know, like he he's done that with Hicks a few times. and who? Who's coming at the defense of Domingo? That it screwed the team over for no reason. The, shout out to the Yankees bullpen, man. Yankees went Herman. Oh, also, it fucked up Ian Hamilton. Yeah, no, awesome. It, so Hamilton has all the so time easy. in the world to to come into the game, but what, what are you going to spend a twenty five minute doing a full warm up? Domingo was perfect through three, so no one in the, no reliever. Like Hamilton might start stretching if Did Domingo you? gets two base runners on. Like he was not coming out of the game anytime soon. Sixth inning at the earliest is like what you're feeling at that exactly. Point. So Ian, no one Ian Hamilton's probably down two packs of Skittles in no. in the bullpen. Come that third inning, just to get his energy up, A little insulin spike. Yeah, he <laughs> comes in. He. He goes, he gets two outs and gets hurt. So now Ian Hamilton's gone for what sounds like four to six weeks at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So Hamilton's really... gone. Then Marnaccio comes in. Marnaccio gives up three. He doesn't look great, but he's throwing early in the game. Marnaccio was in the fourth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're relying on two point one from shutdown from Ryan Weber, Clay Holmes, and Wandy to get this game. And I mean, we haven't even gotten to it, but awesome performance from the bullpen, but I used everybody. And then Aaron Judge, your captain, comes and bails you out because he hits a huge two run shut up homer in the top of the eighth. He was like, you think I was cheating yesterday? Don't gotta. I'm just going to break your leaf in center field. (laughs) Uh, And then IKF finds a power stroke in right field, and that's how the Yankees win 6-3. Um, But Domingo put us in the worst possible situation for that game and for the next 10 games. Um, But credit, like we've
1: spoken about, the Yankees' resilience here has been awesome. Webdog has been tough as nails. (laughs) He uh, Say what you want about his stuff. Say what you want about his delivery. Say what you want about him. He has not been an issue for the Yankees at all in the last two seasons since he's come up. Um, It's not his fault that he's typically put in for garbage time, but he's even proven at this point that he's like – He's not going to blow away anyone. He's not going to overpower you, but he's going to keep a team in it. He's going to throw strikes and he's going to force somehow weak contact. He's that guy in men's league that you don't want to face because he you see the ball so well and you just can't barrel it up for whatever reason. Um he's just that kind of guy. And every team needs one of those motherfuckers. <laughs> it's it's Really, like nice to see, but also like you said, Ian Hamilton getting injured. He was the uh, the heartwarming story of this season, essentially. Like he was the diamond in the rough that came up out of nowhere after going through so much adversity, getting rocked in the face by a baseball, having his jaw completely re reappear, uh, re refractured or whatever. He had it all repaired, and then like gets shit from people about how weird he looks, and he performs like a god. He was a godsend to this bullpen. And then it's like brutal. Um, Yeah, Domingo has put us in a really tough spot, but the way that this team has managed to persevere through that, the fact that they won three out of four this series is huge because we don't really know what the next six games is going to look like.
0: And the Yankees get those first two of the series, uh, despite all of the pomp and circumstance that happened with those two games. Uh, But then we go into game three, which was... A good one, a nail-biting one. I mean, uh, Cole and Bassett, uh, awesome, awesome showdown. I mean, Garrett Cole has a resurgence start. He still didn't look great. Um, He gives up seven hits, two walks, nine base runners in six innings. Um, You don't expect zero runs, but uh, you've kind of come to expect it from Garrett Cole, who fought his way uh, through six clean. And the Yankees had a good path. I mean, Cole to Clay to Cordero to King. To Wandy, it this ultimately went scoreless through nine into the tenth inning. Um, but Bassett just had an awesome day. Only three hits, shut down the Yankees bats, and then Romano also had a really good ninth and tenth inning to shut the Yankees down, even with the base runner. Uh, and then the the Blue Jays just, you know, get a runner over in the, the tenth. I mean, Fulpe kind of boots one. It wasn't really booted i thought it would have been a hit i mean he saves a run on the merrifield ball up the middle um but he doesn't make the play to get merrifield at first and then you have jansen coming up um, a lot of infielders and wandy just gives up the three run shot uh didn't watch a lot of this game i was at the mets game which was an electric game fiento salvarez alonzo homers that was that was pretty fun um but i got to watch some of this on my phone while at city field uh your your takeaways from this game i know you didn't get to catch a lot of this either
1: yeah i played midweek baseball um that night i actually worked a 13 pitch walk in my first at bat so wow and then i worked an 11 pitch walk in my second one and then they intentionally walked me in my third so i saw like a total of 25 pitches with like barely having to swing the bat (laughs) um so yeah i was accomplishing my own baseball feats at the time however I did see the first couple innings of Cole's outing, and he did look pretty good. Um, He, I think, gave up seven hits, but at the same time, he was limiting damage. He obviously didn't allow any runs, so he was getting out of trouble consistently. Um, Yes, it wasn't the same dominance that we've seen out of Cole that we saw earlier in the season, but it's still not something to be concerned about necessarily. Like I said, his velocity was up to 97 to 99 in the first inning. Typically he saves that for the like sixth or seventh inning, but maybe he knew that he was going to need a little bit extra to get through this game and he did what he needed to do. Um, I feel like once it got to the point where there was going to be extra innings, it almost felt like an inevitable loss um, for the Yankees, unfortunately, but it's also one that you can hang, you can shake off pretty quickly because they did win those first two games with in such convincing fashion. Um, so I'm not mad about it necessarily. You put out Wandy in the tenth, and you know he's one of your best closer, your best relievers, and you fully trust him in that scenario. So maybe he just didn't have it. Um, I can get past it pretty easily.
0: Awesome bounce back from Cole. Um, I've decided that Wandy is my favorite reliever, except when Danny Jansen is batting. Uh, yes, Danny Jansen has. What's the math? Is it a four thousand OPS? against Wandy this year, he is two for two <laughs> with two home runs. Uh, the first one was a game tying two run Homer in the top of the ninth that you can say him a few weeks ago. And then a walk off three run Homer when a sack fly would have been fine. Danny, you didn't have to do all that. Um, but he hits both home runs in like the same exact spot. So, uh, just don't have Wandy face Danny Jansen, like fake an injury or something. If he can't get out of the game, uh, yeah, I'm fine it. with this one. The The Yankees' bats have been hot. Ba- they just got beat. Bassett, one inning shared by Garcia and Meza and then Romano. Um, that's as good of a pitching path as you're going to face. The Yankees have been all over Romano, but Romano looked dirty um, mm. in this one. I mean, he goes two innings, two strikeouts, just one walk, no hits, no threats really even in the 10th inning with the runner on. Um, so Yankees drop one, and... Uh, it doesn't matter too much because of how we followed up with Game Four. Uh, and Game Four was another good one. I mean,
1: Aaron Judge,
0: man, another first inning homer, uh, another bomb, just center field, center field home runs, this whole he's series.
1: Making, he's making an absolute statement how he is not hitting cheapies or anything like these are moonshots in every way, shape, or form.
0: And he follows up again later with a double. I mean Oswaldo hits a nice gapper. Even Hicksy gets in the game, late inning double. Uh have yourself a day Hicks. Uh 3 yes? for 4. Yeah, 3 for 4 including a double. Um He was he was threatening. He was he was producing um awesome day from Hicks. Had an RBI, Judge had two RBI. And uh, then Volpe caught caught the pole and left. Um I really like the start here from Nestor coming back. Uh, a little rocky for a little bit, but I mean, Nestor going six innings, that's what you need. um, And especially from Domingo screwing the team over in game two, uh, to have Cole give length and Nestor, both of them going six innings the following two days, um, really does well. Ryan Weber, again, comes in solid, walking a hit, but he shuts the door. He gets out of trouble. Albert Abreu looked awesome. He had two strikeouts. I know he's he's kind of hit or miss. Uh, the Yankees go to Marinaccio for the save. I mean, right now, who's our closer? Don't care. It's working yes. by committee. Uh, by committee, and I—that's the best way to go about it, man. I—I I think that alleviates the pressure from Clay. I think it makes the Wandy finishes more special because you're really playing favorable matchups for him. You're playing when the when the tension is high, like against the bottom of that. Um the bottom of that Blue Jays lineup, their real threat came in the seventh, I believe. And that's when Vladdy had the came in the pinch hit and he mm-hmm. had a sack fly to center. That was where Weber came in and, and shut the door. Uh, but Wandy faced the bottom of their lineup. Uh, sorry, Marinaccio faced the bottom of their lineup. Not a high-tension scenario. So I think that's where you save Wandy for um, and just don't have a ninth-inning guy. Just have high leverage and less high-leverage guys. Play your matchups. Um I think it's been working because I think the Yankees were kind of half pregnant with their matchup game when Cole uh, sorry when Clay was like their closer, their go-to closer and they would push that matchup even if it wasn't the best whereas now I think Clay has been reduced to in that mix of those five one-inning relievers and then you play whoever you think is best at that time and run with who's hot and run with who has the stats. So I like it. Uh Yankees pull out another victory. They take 3 out of 4 against the Blue Jays, which is a huge, huge game. Uh, they now they're the same, uh, same games over 500, but the Yankees have more wins. Uh, so that's that's all you need. I think the Yankees are still technically in fourth because of that. Um, but this is our main competition right now for the wild card. So three out of four in Toronto is as good of an outcome as you can have. What do you think of this game for?
1: I mean. You really summed it up well. Uh, I liked a lot of what I saw out of the bullpen just in general. I didn't get to watch the entire game through and through because I actually saw the O.E. Barra movie, which was fantastic. I highly recommend any baseball fan, especially Yankees fans, go see it. Um, I think that his talent got vastly overlooked and what he did for the Yankees especially was underappreciated. So that's a whole different story altogether. Highly recommend the movie. Can't recommend it enough. But I only got to catch like pretty much six to nine outs total, if that. Um, And Nestor looked like he was crisper than he's been in the last month or so. So you have to be happy about that. And then Marinaccio had the most stress-free ninth inning that I've seen in probably the entirety of the season, just in a save situation, you know. I think that Volpe home run kind of put them in a place where they felt way more confident going into that ninth inning. Um, Even though it was only, it went from a one run to two run deficit. That was enough to put Marinaccio in with the, like pretty much set him up for success. Um, So I think we should also talk a little bit about Volpe's start to his Yankees tenure. Um, Sneaky has seven home runs already, and that's pretty good for a shortstop in the MLB nowadays. Um, what do you think about his game so far? I am loving
0: his offensive production. Um, his defense has been slipping a little bit, uh, but I think it's, it's rookie. It's kind of the, the path that you expect from a rookie, right? He yeah. has this unreal talent so that the defense is going to play and then hitting is going to take a little bit to get. Now he's settling into his bat and he's making a few of the rookie mistakes in that, He's rushing a bit. He's picking his glove up a bit early. Um, he's getting to balls really well, but in getting to the ball, he's not putting himself in a position to make a good throw. So he boots one in that last inning. Um, I think he's plus defensively, and ultimately he is right now he's playing honestly at a level above IKF because of how much range an army has. Um but IKF was making those similar plays and similar errors last year. But it's because this is his floor and that was IKF's kind of ceiling, or that was his his base. So now as Volpe progresses through the year, I think he's going to um, he's already a super smart player. I think it's just a few of those rushing moments where the, the moment becomes kind of big on the on the defensive side that I don't love of recent. His at bats look great. I like that he's not um in the one hole anymore. Gets a chance to develop him going. Into the seventh spot, he's going to have a lot of runners on base. He's going to have to be pitched to um, because I find that he gets nibbled around a bit because he's more prone to chasing. um, But now when you have runners on base in front of him or you have significant hitters that are hot behind him, which have been Oswaldo, uh, Bader at times, um, even Higgy has had a pretty solid power stroke of recent. Um, you never want to put him on base or especially if you're early, um, if you're early in an inning, if he leads off that inning, um, he's gonna get thrown to, and he's been uh, taking advantage of mistakes, going pole to pole. I mean, he's had he's had ten feet from the foul pole right field homers. He's had foul pole left field homers. Uh, I really like how he's settling in, um, and his stats are 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 there. I mean, you take out those first two weeks, and he's an above league average, if not a top third shortstop, um, offensively add in the defensive tool above average and add in the steals, uh, invaluable. I mean, he he made a run in in that race series. He awesome. was a walk or a hit, stole second, stole third, and then an aggressive wild pitch steal. Yep. You almost give him credit for a steal there. Obviously, you can't, but a lot of guys don't take that, and he yeah. takes it easily.
1: No, zero hesitation. Um, 13 steals, I think, which is tied for third in the MLB right now. At 100% Um, too. Yeah, at 100% rate. And that's the most impressive part of it by far. He's still smart. He has one pickoff the entire season, I think. Mm -hmm. And besides that, he's been flawless on the base path. And that's something that the Yankees have lacked severely in previous seasons. So having him, him and Bader, two guys that can generate runs with their legs, I think it really changes the versatility of this team because it just puts so much more pressure on other teams to get those guys out. So they started challenging them a little bit more. Um, that being said, I, you talked about Higgy for a second.
0: I well, think there's real an- quick uh, with yeah. Volpe, I want to give him his due. Last seven days, uh, 320 batting average, uh, 400 OBP, 1.17 OPS, uh, which puts him at a 203 OPS plus. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Pretty solid real- and that's with an off week the week before he's still um at a 115 OPS plus for the last 14 days
1: we could easily see him pop 20 homers and steal 40 bags this season yep. um that would be a fantastic rookie season um but you brought a piggy real quick I think we have to talk a little bit about because of the Trevi injury um there might be an opportunity for Austin Wells to potentially get some reps at the catcher spot coming up soon because he's been mashing in AAA so, are you a full-on Ben Roethlisberger conspiracy theory that he's not a real person? No, I'm not at, I'm not whatsoever. I never bought into that. I, I don't know. Did you hear the uh, the rumor that Avril Levine died like several years ago and they replaced her with like a a replacement Avril? Yeah. And it kind of gives me that same feel. <laughs> um, I don't think he's a simulation. I think that he is very much a real person, um, and I do think that the Yankees want to get him in circulation, but. With that said, I feel like Austin Wells might be the guy that they're looking towards for long term, just because his bat plays better than anyone's by far, um, and he's what he's done in the minors at this point is undeniable. You know, so I feel like it's only a matter of time before they make a decision: Are we going to move this guy to DH? I mean, you've got Giancarlo Carlos Stanton coming back soon, so like, doesn't that block him there? Or are you going to trade away Austin Wells? Like, I feel like he's a very important piece of this puzzle. But we don't know where that piece is going to fit.
0: Yeah, I think it could be an option. Um, depends on the Trevi injury. I mean, I would still prefer, I think, at this point. Um, just because catch catcher is is a position where you really want someone with experience as much as possible. I think Wells, um, if Trevi's not hitting, could be an option an awesome backup. I mean, I think there's a solid chance definitely that we see him in September because he's having great. Um, great, great minor league season. I mean, this year seven homers, twenty RBI, nine sixty OPS as a catcher. You talk about Yogi Berra. That's a Yogi Berra number. I mean, yeah, Berra, Berra was putting up every year eight hundred OPS back when that meant a one thirty five, one forty OPS plus. Like I literally just pulled up Berra's page. They're crazy. And, yeah, that, that's what um, Austin Wells can do, and he's a career eight ninety OPS guy. So it's not just a fluke for this year. Um, mm-hmm. he's progressing really solidly, and especially if Rod vet's gonna be on the roster, uh, like you mentioned, that could give him some time at a, um if Rortvet's vet's gonna be up because uh they want awesome Wells to be playing and they want awesome Wells to be playing against the best players. So we'll see. I think that uh depending on Rortvet's vet's health, depending on how the Yankees like him because part of that deal was that he's really good defensively. so, Um, if he can be that platoon where he's also stealing as many pitches as as Trevi does, um, it all depends on health. But I mean, I like that path. I think this could be Hickey's last year with the Yankees if Wells continues like this. Um, so I don't know about this year, but there there's a chance. I mean, I'm excited for it either way. What I don't want is Austin Wells to be catching playoff games. I think unless he comes up has an awesome September and there's an injury or two at the catching position, um, because I think. I'd feel a lot more comfortable with Higgy and with Trevino, just knowing the the pitchers and, and keeping this bullpen together.
1: Yeah. I sense that there's going to be several moves made at the uh, trade deadline or before the trade deadline, just to yeah. kind of mix and match roster spots right now, because there's going to be like we encountered at the beginning of the, the uh, preseason, several pileups and just blocks blocked situations and they're going to have to clear up spaces in one way or another in order to make those pieces work. And, I mean, Oswald Peraza is not going to sit in AAA forever. That just kills his, you know, status as a top prospect. So what are you going to do with him? There's a lot of questions that still, like, need to be answered with this team.
0: Who is your Yankees heartbeat for all these three series?
1: Judge, and it's so easy. It's <laughs> the heartbeat in the world. I mean, that was – if you talk about a pinstripe pulse, man, holy shit. Um, just to – like, he literally carried the team on his back. And not in the way where, like, I feel like they were struggling without him in this series. I think that they still would have arrived in one way or another just because the offense is really starting to click now. But he was that – I'll 1,000% of the way through where with him – being so locked in at the plate, it just felt like there wasn't any kind of breathing room for the uh, Toronto pitchers, you know, to work with at all. Just like having him in the lineup, his presence evokes so much fear in opposing teams that it just it, you, you feel like you can win anything with him. Yeah,
0: that's a good answer. Um, since coming off the IL what, six homers,
1: yeah, <laughs> he's already tied in what third, and I think the. the AL or the MLB yep. right now or something like that. He's got 11 or 12. Judges last.
0: I shouldn't even do his last four. Uh, it includes the three games in Oakland, but even those were down games. Let me, yep. I'll, I'll cut it up to his last seven days because that's where all of his home runs came. Six home runs, 12 RBI. He had two RBI in the Oakland series without a homer. Um, 346 batting average. 1.07 OPS. Sorry, 1.07 slugging. I was gonna say that, yeah, that seems 1. low. One point five six OPS, Aaron Judge, uh, easy, easy heartbeat.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and that brings me to my answer. I have a shout out. I want to give Aaron Hicks his credit. Um, he hasn't been playing every game. Uh, last seven days only three games, but I mean a one one two OPS, or sorry, one one eight rather, one dot two. Uh, in his three games, that's his four hits, a bunch of extra base hits, getting walks, um, which is important for Hicksie. Uh, And his last 14 days, he's played half of the game's uh, 988 OPS. So if we can have an Aaron Hicks that made a good throw the other day um, on a potential ball, on a potential sack fly scenario, um, someone who plays solid defense who can come off the bench, switch hit, be an option and not a hole, um, because ultimately, the Yankees, especially throughout the year, if you're on the bench, you're going to start half the games. Um, and if he can do, I, I'm not expecting a uh, thousand OPS from Hicks, um, but I am expecting like a 750. You know, 700, 750 have that value. Um, I tweeted this out yesterday. I think Hicks just has to, um, Hicks just has to forget how much he hates the Yankees management because he gets distracted by how much he hates the opponent. Uh, because he slammed the Rays and the Jays, um, because it was chippy and Hicks, you know, Hicks has been on this Yankees team with CC, uh, through all of this bullshit with the Rays and with the Jays, you know, it there really hasn't been that big of a Red Sox rivalry. It's been Rays, Jays, Astros, um, for the last six years. So Hicks is in it. Uh, he's been delivering. I want to give him his props. He's not my heartbeat though. Um, actually, you want to talk about Hicks before I move to my heartbeat.
1: Yeah, just real quick, I just wanted to say that he's putting himself in a really good position right now to earn that fourth outfield position. Um, I think that Willie Calhoun fell off maybe a little bit. So they like Willie a lot and they really like Jake Bowers. You know, like it seems like they want him to be a mainstay. So it kind of leaves Calhoun in a tough spot because I think he's going to be the ultimately the odd man out because you mentioned Hicks is the longest standing member of this Yankees team at this point. And he, he has plays early, defense. And he plays defense. And then on top of that, he like all we needed to see was a little bit of life out of him. He was in such a negative place for so long that it felt like he was just never going to get out of that hole. And now that he has gotten out of it, we're seeing a man that's reborn. And he's a baseball player reborn, and his skills are starting to look sharper than ever. So I don't even know if that's a mechanical adjustment he made or if he just needed some life injected into him. Whatever it is, it's like it's working. So if you can get that version of Hicks, I have no issues with him being on this roster.
0: Yep. I'm totally with you. Uh and yeah. Bowers had a tough series against the Blue Jays and Hicks had a great one. So I mean, play play the guy who's earned it. Um if they're both gonna be on the team, you know, yep. give that time to Hicks. Uh I'm in a tough spot here. I think the answer is Anthony Rizzo. Um Real quick, again, to dance away from it, uh, to give Volpe some love. In his last seven games, um, three homers, five RBI. He has a 1.2 OPS. Um, But looking at Rizzo in both the last seven and the last 14, uh, Rizzo has a 750 slugging, a 1.12 OPS, three homers, six RBI. In the last 14, add a few more RBI. Um, And especially him in those clutch moments. I mean, he won a game for us uh, on his bobblehead night. He's been really solid uh, having him behind judge uh, and Rizzo playing at this level means that judge has to be pitched to because when judge gets on base in front of Rizzo, Rizzo is driving him in um, or Rizzo is keeping it going to have DJ behind him who's slapping in guys. Like I think this, this lineup is, uh, has been really solid. I I like labor at top um, and then going judge Rizzo DJ, um, how that has been even Bader having the pop behind Um, It feels like a solid lineup, but that's because Rizzo is right there giving the righty-lefty switch. Um, He's been working at bats. He's been walking a bunch, still getting hit. Um, And big clutch home runs um, and solid defensive play. He is my heartbeat. He even got a day off um, still, 188 OPS plus
1: over the last seven days. Not too bad. People uh, will talk about Judge versus Otani as like the biggest ML MVP rivalry. I think it's right now Rizzo and Judge. Honestly, I think that they're pushing each other every week because they are such close friends. And then on top of that, it's like they're both performing at such an elite level that Rizzo really isn't that far behind him numbers wise. Yeah. Um, he might even be slightly better than him statistically if we're talking about this very moment. So, counting stats but- definitely. Right there. it's going to be very fun to see these two down the stretch do their thing so the Yankees in you know this is a long
0: episode and a lot of games to run through Yankees go eight and three like I said in the in the opening intro um this was a show me stretch the Yankees had 11 games in 11 days um one against a really bad team and two against really good teams uh and they survived the race. They conquer the Blue Jays, and they sweep the A's, and that's what you ask for. Um, so they're in a good spot. I mean, they're in fourth place, but fourth place doesn't really mean that much. It's early in the season. They're five games or six games over five hundred right now. Um, so that's as good as any other team in the American League that's not leading a division. Uh, I think they'd be first in the Central and second in the West right now. Um, so it doesn't matter now. I mean, they have... The Reds this weekend, who the Reds are not a great team. They're not a terrible team, um, but I think the Yankees kind of have to take care of business. Um, They might try to get cute and see what pitching paths, what lineups they can use to get through. But there is an off day coming up on Monday. So I hope they take this no-nonsense series um, and then they have the Orioles at home next week. So how are you feeling about the upcoming few series?
1: I think they just need to take care of business for this one. Just get it done. Um, beat up on a not as good team, you know. Uh, hopefully, Clark Schmidt ha- comes out and has a good quality start. I think that's a big thing for him because I don't think the Reds have that many lefties in their lineup. So no, they're should, all righties. Yeah, he should fare very well then in that sense. Yeah, he just needs to do it, and then he needs to translate off paper onto the field. Is Votto uh, back? I don't think so. I'm not positive. Um I'll but check. even beyond that, like I'm not really thinking too much about this series or concerned in any way, shape, or form. They just can't pull their or take their foot off the gas at all. Um, but when it comes to the Orioles series, that's the one to really look out for. Because that's going to be a battle.
0: Yeah, they moved Votto to the sixty day his uh Damn. his injury's not going well. Uh, sucks bravado he's always fun to watch but yeah that makes that makes the reds lineup even more righty heavy i mean jonathan india killed us last year if you guys remember um that was one of clay's bigger blow-up starts where he just decided to walk every i think the yankees were up three and we gave a four um in the ninth so can't do that because i think the yankees also treated that as kind of a cute get me over August or late July at that point, try to win a series. And I think that, um, that kind of snowballed into one of the worst, (laughs) worst times that we've had as fans, but, uh, we're positive about the Yankees. We like what they're doing. Um, a lot of the numbers are there. Uh, the bullpen has been solid. I think we're getting, starting pitching back. We're going to see Severino on Sunday. Um, and we'll see where we get from there, but they're at a good trajectory. They, they went through tough times and they stayed above water. Um, and now they're winning their due with with their healthy guys back um, and even more to come. Uh, I mean, Donaldson, Stanton, Seve, and Rodon are stars of baseball. Um, to get four of those back in the next month or two, that's going to make this Yankees team look a lot better, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh,
1: anything else before we get out of here? Um, not really, I'd say stay posted for next week. We're going to have a fun guest on, uh, that we're familiar with at this point, And he's going to be able to talk a little bit more about the state of the Yankees at the very moment. So he, uh, is very familiar with the club and the AL East in particular.
0: Yeah. And the state of a shitty division. <laughs> I mean, shitty is obviously a misnomer. I just hate it, but it's the <laughs> best division in baseball by far. I mean, I don't, I can't tell who to be afraid of.
1: Yeah. I, I'm honestly, like, concerned with the Red Sox, I think. Me too. At this point, the Blue Jays are like, oh, okay, they're whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they you know, beat us earlier this season. Blue Jays. We've seen them so much at this point. The thing is, like, by the time we see the Red Sox, I don't know how far off that is at this point. We, we've gotten through our Blue Jays and Rays part of
0: the of the early season. Yeah. Prepared. This summer is going to be Sox and O's, a lot of them. And then we're going to see Rays and Blue Jays later in the year again. I just have a feeling Justin Turner is going to be a Yankees killer and go away. Stop <laughs> Give me nightmares. I saw it so vividly already.
1: Yeah. And Yoshida too. Like both of those guys are uh, <laughs> no. fucking torments us, but at the same time it should make for good baseball. And I still think that our pitching is going to line up better than theirs all in all. Yeah. Um, so it's just crazy. a matter of winning these games against shitty teams or like not as good teams. And then, also, taking these series against the AL East and not just trying to win two out of three like they did. I think that was their approach early on in the season is just try to win two out of three consistently. And they didn't really care how they did it. Now it's more like I feel like you need to have the commanding victories, which we saw a lot, you know, even in the split against the Rays. Like we saw two commanding victories and then we saw three commanding wins against the Blue Jays in this series. So that's important to me. Just keep on continuing to be the most dominant version of yourself. Ebon keep it on.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, What do we think? We think Rortbet gets the start.
1: God, I hope so. <laughs> today? Uh, if he goes today. Is Ashcraft pitching today? He's good. That's a pitcher like if you're looking to trade at the deadline Not for something, I would try to get Graham Ashcraft.
0: I think we're missing him. Are we? Yeah, right now it is uh Clark and Lively. Yankees don't have a starter announced. I think that's I think that means they don't know who the opener is for Brito against yeah. Weaver. Um and then Hunter Green and Seve on Sunday morning.
1: Hunter Green will be fun too. Yep. Throws gas. That'll uh, yeah him and Sevy. We'll see yeah.
0: how uh how excited or excitable Seve is at eleven thirty on Peacock on a Sunday morning.
1: Oh sure it'll be ecstatic. Yeah.
0: So Rortvet, if if we're looking at you think he only plays, he probably starts on Sunday, right? Go Higgy for the
1: next two? Or well Higgy's already played two in a row, right? Yeah, I think so. So So maybe rortvet tonight. That'd be fun. That'd be very fun. They should be releasing it any moment now, I feel yeah. like 4 p.m. It's a 410 game on Saturday.
0: So would they play? No, but then it's an early Sunday. So I don't think they would play Higgy. Mm. So Rortvet might get two. It might be Rortvet Higgy. Rortvet because Rortvet caught Sevi in his last oh. start.
1: That's true. He's has got. We might see two Ben Rortvet. I mean, we should all be excited for that if that's the case. Yeah,
0: but Sunday doesn't count because it's on Peacock. So, ah, if Rortvet only starts on Sunday, he still doesn't exist. That's my. Yeah. That's my hot take.
1: That's a fictional character at that point.
0: Yeah, that's just like a cartoon show for A Peacock original. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's it for us. Uh, Like Jake said, we'll have a nice guest coming up to level set our expectations. We've been a roller coaster already so far this year. Uh, So we're trying to keep it as sane as possible, but, you know, we're Yankees fans. We're delusional, the usual. Um, Until next time, follow along for updates on Twitter at Pinstripe underscore Pulse there, at Pinstripe Pulse Pod on Instagram and on TikTok. We've been putting a lot of TikTok content out. So you'll see a lot of that coming up. We'll have a few more episodes coming in next week uh, for a little while. Thanks for listening to this long episode. Yankees are in a great place. Let's go, Yanks. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Peace.